This show is brought to you by Blue Apron. Blue Apron sends gourmet recipes and all the fresh ingredients you need to make them right to your door. And our listeners get their first two meals free. Just go to blueapron.com slash badchristian. Start cooking incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash badchristian. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Yo, nitwits, this is Matt. Let me tell you about the best band on BC Music, the best band that we work with, and that is Vocal Few. Now, I'm not using hyperbole here when I say they're the best band because, think about it, their music sounds great, and it only comes from two people, so pound for pound, they are the best band. There is another duo that maybe could compete, and that'd be Matt and Toby, but their music isn't as good, and they're probably pushing 400 pounds anyway. Now, if you take a band like Emory, there's five people in there, probably over 900 pounds, and the music's, yeah, it's good, but... Come on, you do the math on that. And then think about King's Kaleidoscope. Now, that music's freaking incredible, but they probably, there's probably a, a, a metric ton between all the members of them. So, again, Vocal Views, the best band on BC Music, pound for pound. And here's the best news they're on the road and they play in the smallest, most intimate venues possible. They play in living rooms and they're doing living rooms across the entire country. I'm not promising that's every state, but it's a lot of them. They're probably coming near you. So go to vocalfew.com, pay them a little bit of money. It'll go directly to them, and they'll come hang out, sing, play their music for you in a living room. They're working on a new album right now. It's time to start talking about it, people. Vocalfew.com. It's Matt McDonald from the Classic Crime and his wife, Christy. They make music together, and they use it to, like, I mean, they call it a diaper fund. It's to fund their family. They're taking their kids with them on this tour. Go support them. Super worthwhile, awesome music. Vocalfew.com. Now, there's, I got a whole nother issue that I don't even hardly want to get into, but Emory released our first vinyl that we've ever had this week. We got the copies in. We sent them all out to the people that pre-ordered them, and they're for sale now. They're amazing. They look incredible. Go to emorymusic.com to look at them. Um, there's rumors of and there's potentially some other old label that possibly owns some of our old music that on the very same damn week said they might rele- release one of our old records. I don't even know if that's true or not. I'm going to look into it, and we'll have more on that later. But for now, please get You Are Never Alone, Emory's new album on vinyl and special edition vinyl. Because you know what? At least we get some of the money that way. Make sense? Okay. Emorymusic.com. Let's do a show. Unos. Dos. We back in the Hacienda! Yes. Back in the Hacienda, indeed. Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast. Man, I'm thrilled to be back because I'm back in the closet at home. We're back to our normal setup. <laughs> Thank everybody. God you're back in the closet. I was yeah, so yeah. worried. Yeah, it was, I was out. When you were long. out of the closet, it was just terrible. <laughs> it just felt like you were all about you. And Yep, I'm back in. I you know, forget everything I've said previously. I'm back in the closet. Uh, my wife's closet, that that is. Uh, so let's, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm, we, Toby and I have been out on the road, and now we're back to our normal thing. So let's get a regular episode knocked out with three three cool dudes. Is that good? Hey, I've been on the road, too. Well, I've been. Yeah. What road? You, you, had, you had some tour dates or what? 
No, I joined Uber. I told you guys this. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) You just want to try to make some money? You just, I mean, you're a pastor, and pastors. Did you get rid of your pastor salary? Yeah, I know. I mean, it's unbelievable. Now, is your Uber tax free? (laughs) I'm going to try, maybe. (laughs) I was hoping you'd say you went to go non vocational ministry and you're still doing all your duties, but not taking any money from those poor people anymore. (laughs) He's taking his preaching on the road. Yeah, there you go. There you go, basically. No, I'm just doing it for some extra money, and, uh, like, I'm able to, like, for example, my daughter had a sleepover party, and when all the girls went to bed, I went Ubering. Then there's a time when my wife watched Stupid So You Think You Can Dance with Her Sister, and I went out Ubering. So you guys have got to hear the first Uber pickup that I've ever done. So both of y'all give me hell for I being I bet horrible. it went smoothly. Yeah. Y'all, y'all both say that I'm horrible <laughs> with computers, where I actually do think I'm smarter in computers than you guys give me credit for. I think I'm smarter than Toby with computers. But okay. y'all both say I'm horrible with directions. So I, I'm like, I've got to try this out for the first time. So I go downtown. I get an Uber call. I accept it. They get in the car. I mean, you are the worst, just for context. You are the worst person with directions and driving that I've ever known But I'm known great downtown. Okay. Great. But I'm just saying, overall, the history that I've ever known you, I the worst. I can't argue with that. Okay. So I'm sitting, I'm positioned in a place where it's a really obscure place downtown. And so this guy gets in my car, and it says, start the trip. And I keep pushing it, and I keep pushing it, and it will not work. I'm like, I can't start this trip. So I was like, oh, well, maybe it's already started. So I start driving, <laughs> and I take a couple of turns, and the guy looks at me and says, uh, you actually just went right back to where we started. <laughs> And so then I was like, oh, crap, to start it, you actually have to slide it like you're turning on or off an iPhone. And so I said, dude, I'm so sorry, man. I said, but your time has not started, so you're, you're, you didn't get charged for anything. So I'll say this. once. Did you tell once, him it was your first trip? No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure he figured it. Uh, but I'm telling you, Uber makes it so easy because once I learned how to slide that thing, uh, I mean, it just shows you exactly where you're going. It's just, it's perfect for people like me that do not have a sense of direction. Like, there's almost no way you can screw it up. So I've got a handful of stories that I want to tell y'all. Just in the first week of Ubering, the stuff that I've heard has been unbelievable. So I want to go ahead and say, up front, sensitive ear people, do not listen, because this is real life, real conversations. That no need to car. preface it. Okay, so these two... Shit, shit, damn, damn, hell, hell. Uh... <laughs> So this this guy gets in the car, and uh, first of all, his nerdy little friend gets in the back, and then the dude that gets in the front seat is this stud. He's ripped, and he's got that talk, and you know they're talking about football. They're just saying all this stuff. I'm like, wow, these are somewhat nice guys. And then there's a little bit of silence, and then all of a sudden, the guy sitting in the front pulls up his cell phone. He's like, I've got like uh, five girls texting me and shit all at the same time. Yeah, I'm probably just going to go to this restaurant and tell them all to meet me there. And, yeah, I'll just probably have to figure out what to do in that situation. He said, the sucky thing about it, though, is the next day they never call you. But he started going on and on and on. I was like, this dude is serious. And, like, I think y'all encounter these these douchebags on the road, but I didn't know this kind of guy existed because he was not joking. About just, what? I mean, he was... Had five about girls. five girls texting him at the same time, and how he was going to tell them all to meet at the same restaurant at the same time. He was just going to play them and have fun and mess around with them. But he wasn't saying it in a jokey, sarcastic way. It was like, "I'm badass for this." Right. And I just couldn't believe it. And the dude in the back, oh, he's impressed. 
because he's kind of scrawny. He's nerdy, but he's like, I get to hang out with this guy. This is unbelievable. And here's the thing is, the, the dude leaves me a tip. He's like super kind, super nice. But I was just like, I cannot believe people talk that way. Like he really thought he was awesome. So uh, just, to, I mean, is that, that shocking that I don't understand the shocking part that he's trying to hook up with five girls or that he, would, that that's, that he wouldn't see no, that the as shock, bad? No, the shocking part is that he was saying that to be impressive. Isn't and that I, normal? No, How is that no, not normal? Not in that way. No, I don't think so at all. Don't, I think there's a, isn't the classic a, thing for guys to brag about their success with girls? I don't even get that at all. I never heard you say anything like that. Well, I've never heard Toby say anything like that. We're nerds. We never we're get ner- girls. I'm the nerdy the mar- guy we, in the we've back. We've been married for nine years. <laughs> I was the guy in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so these uh these so two, you just judged the guy you hated his guts but gladly accepted the tip no i that's the, that's the thing is i was like i still kind of like this guy he's still kind of nice i just can't believe real people talk this way i just can't even believe it because he was so full of himself yeah but i mean think about the girls that, that go with that they know i mean those girls aren't all idiots and yeah. completely ignorant they know they know this they just like the guy because he looks good yeah or whatever you know girls like muscles yeah. i don't know what the hell is wrong with our wives i know all right so these two guys get in the car, super nice, and then they go off on their little, uh, so different guys, they go off on a little trail of talking about uh, this girl that he's going to try to bang. So they know that I can hear everything, <laughs> and this is how the conversation went. He seriously was. You didn't have to say it that way. You are. Uber's changing you. No, that's, you're changed. Listen this to what girl they're going to bang, but you could have said the girl they're going to sleep with. No, now, listen you, to what. This is changing no, I actually, the way you talk. I actually brought it down a, uh, a notch. He actually said, you gonna fuck that stepmom? Oh my and, lord! And, and listen, his response is, "Fuck her. I'm a fuck her daughter." Oh and they're saying all lord. this stuff back and forth, and it's just like, I guess I'm not even there. And so they're laughing, but then they're asking me questions, bringing me into conversation, sports, part Charleston, whatever. So then, the million dollar question: So you don't Uber for a living? <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> and so. <laughs> It's just so, panic. So at this point, I can't just say pastor. So I I have I have my answer that I give every time now, and I've used it like five times now after listening to shitty conversation like that. My answer is, well, I do a little entertainment. I run a podcast. I said, I, I'm in a podcast. It's called Bad Christian. And I said, we're actually able to, we have an, uh, enough of an audience where we can make a little money. And I was like, you know, we just call a little bit of bullshit on some of the stuff the church does. And we love the church. And, and so, a little bullshit. And, and so then I say, and I'm also a pastor. Anyway, we're almost. You say that? No, I, I said, so, and I'm also a pastor. So, guys, they oh. just froze. And they said, what'd you just say? And I said, I'm a pastor. Like, and here's what's crazy. Here's what's crazy is they said, you know, like their whole tone changes. They just talked about wanting right. to F someone's stepdaughter. And they said, you know, and, and here's the thing is I think they're being sincere. They're just like, I wish we could go to church. He said, I really like the meditation part of like seeking God and everything. And they said, and like, the chicks there are unbelievable. Yeah, there's tons you know, of tail said, there. Yeah. He was the like, he was like seeking God and shit. And he said, oh, shoot. Oh, shit. He said, I can say that, right? I mean, you, you call church bullshit, so I can say shit, right? <laughs> but he seriously said, 
it's just so hard. He said, dude, I'm 37 years old, man. I go to church. It's like a damn social club, man. Like people aren't trying to do anything. They just want to be there and just talk to each other. And it just seems like people are just getting a bunch of stuff. Not try- And I was like, he's kind of nailing it. I mean, like what he saw from a couple of visits of church and his shallow perception of it and not taking it any further, uh, I was like, good gosh. Like he, oh, wow. he is actually somewhat... Uh, got an uh an accurate analysis that's gonna happen to you a hundred times i mean you might i don't maybe i mean i don't know if it does any good to say because most people say no you stand up you be bold there and you say what you do and that or something but i don't even know if i agree with that i do think however the coolest thing about this to me is is and i'm pretty sure i said this months ago but i think uh pastors should drive for uber because they can make extra money and they get to like actually pastors are in a massive bubble i mean yeah. they definitely totally. are including you in, yeah. my, in my opinion and so this way you get to see what the regular people in your society and culture are like there's no other way to get that matt you don't know me man you don't know what kind of bubble i'm in i Shut know up. all right so no, pastors they, are in bubbles for sure bu- and i actually i 100 percent agree that's what i was going to say you, it, this is like a breath of fresh air for me to hear a pastor in this situation yeah, because here, these people are confessing who they really are without even knowing it and then they hear there's a pastor and then they, they i mean that's amazing but he, here's here's where you go with your overgeneralization overgeneralizations. I'm I'm in a bubble, but you have no idea what goes on with my own neighborhood. I live in a neighborhood, you know sure. that? So you don't think nah. you think everybody's in the neighborhood's Christian? No, I mean, you're, I'm just saying no, pastors but I mean, you're are definitely the, in a bubble. I, that's the majority that's, of your time, the, your majority of your time, no matter what, is spent on people knowing that you're and, a pastor. Yeah, they so know even in your neighborhood. They treat you differently. And you, even mean, in your neighborhood, they start with you knowing you're a pastor. And any, I mean, no any, matter what. Think of how deep, what's the deepest amount of interaction you can have with somebody without knowing what they do for a living? That's all you need to know to understand what right. the bubble is made of. That's, I mean, that's not bad. That's not your fault. It's just simple that when people know what you do, you're treated differently. And well, if that's the bubble you're talking about, then sure. That, that that's a huge sense. bubble. Because that you just like as soon as those people know that you do something different, they act totally different. And it's the same kind of different that everybody acts like all the time, the whole time they're at church. That's yeah. just that's just that's just is an unnatural thing. Church people are like everybody else as far as what they do, what they watch, where they go, stuff they do. They just act different around church people. That's yeah. normal. I'm not saying that's a generalization. It's not an overgeneralization. It's just a generalization. And so I think more pastors should do that because I think that's great. I don't think it matters if you pull the rug out from under them at the end and tell them you're a pastor or not. But I think that's I actually that's think good. it brought up good conversation. Once. Like, I don't mind saying that. Uh, and I think the the because I, I, I mean, I cussed beforehand. So all of a sudden they're like, oh, he said bullshit on the church. So, eh, you know, maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. But anyway, I thought the conversation after was it was great. So this no, the, that's what I'm saying. This, this is that's the, what we're talking about. That, that, I mean, you most wouldn't get pastors, that otherwise. Everybody that meets Joey, for the most part, within minutes, knows you're a pastor. Right. These people start with you're a driver. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah. I, I mean, imagine how many pastors would benefit. Like, do you know how many people just normally from a research? Are, just how many from a people, sociological right. experience? How many people are Uber drivers and go, "Hey, man, listen, I'm dealing with these people are getting in talking about having sex with a, a mom and a daughter and all this stuff. How do I deal with this pastor?" You actually are, and the pastor never is in that situation. Pastor's never in that situation. You're actually a pastor who's in that situation in a real life conversation. I have have Uber drivers talking to me all the time about that shit, too. So it's awesome that now I can. Tight. Um, Okay, so this is the funniest one. It's the quickest one, too. Um, So uh, basically, I get an, an Uber alert. So all I have to do is push it. It tells me right where that person is. So I push it, that person is right there. 
next to the car. So if that person was using Uber for the first time, they'd be like, oh my gosh, this is some quick service. Like I pushed Uber and the car is right there. But the funniest part, so this German family is getting in the car and I'm stopped on a busy, busy street downtown Charleston on a Friday night. So a cop comes up to my window and he, he puts his hands on his knees to bend down and he gives me this serious look and he says, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and I keep staring at him because I think he's joking. And there's a part of me that's just like, I must yeah, know this guy they're from church. Jokesters, those cops. <laughs> like I, I seriously, what well, it was, so, it was so bizarre. I was like, this dude cannot be serious. And I thought it was maybe, like, you know that bald guy that uh, hangs yeah. out at our church? Yeah. I think his name's Hal. It, it looked like him, a super nice guy. And I thought, oh, this dude's just messing with me. Yeah. So I seriously, I was waiting for him to smile and say, hey, what's up, Pastor Joey? Get out of here. But I was like, this dude is serious. I was like, okay, how are you doing? And he just walked away. But it was hilarious. He was so intense. And he said it super slow, but... Anyway, so yeah, I like Uber a lot. I can do it whenever I want to. Uh, it's, it's some good extra money. And uh, anyway, so what I've learned there is that Joey does not believe that pastors are in a bubble. Although right. he's very surprised that guys brag about having sex with girls, that they talk about having sex with girls. Uh, surprised that people would treat pastors differently, and also surprised that all cops aren't just nice clowns. And I'm surprised that Matt doesn't listen to his friend because you <laughs> messed that whole thing up. <laughs> I am surprised that a guy thinks that that's cool. That blows my mind that he couldn't understand, dude, this sounds like bullshit. That's what I'm surprised about. So, yeah, yeah I guess maybe that, that is a bubble because I don't, I don't come into contact with those sorts of guys. No, I mean, you don't think – I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, the non-Christians I hang out with are actually really cool. Okay, like, they don't they, say stupid shit like that. That's what I'm saying. No, but I mean, they, they, all start, cool about it. they all start with, you're a pastor, though. No, not all of them. Everybody knows you're a pastor. That is not true. Okay. So when not, I, not the people in Uber, but I mean, but no, the people when, in your neighborhood and the people that you go to our church. Know I'm, glad, you 90, the, I'm glad you are with me 24-7. 95% of the people that you hang out with, for the most part, on any kind of uh, uh, actual accountable amount of time, know that you're a pastor. I did not realize you guys were omniscient. I just did Who do you hang that. out with that doesn't know what you do for a living? I go to clubs and talk to people. They you don't go to know cl- I'm a pastor. <laughs> what are you talking about? Clubs to go see a concert to- right across the street, the poorhouse. No, no, but that's for a once. That's a, I know. Uh, Joel, you're, you're not having you don't a think we- week-long conversation with the people or, or even like all kinds of stuff. And I guarantee you, even at those clubs, eventually it comes up, you're a pastor. Did your voice just crack? I'm really emotional. You're hitting adolescence? <laughs> <laughs> are you done talking about your job? Yeah, <laughs> and, the, and the hard stuff that you have to go through. I'll keep talking, man. I love it. You have more stories? No, but a pastor said something that really bothered me. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> let's hear. Let's hear Ruby's first day of school. All right, I wanted to talk about this because Matt, uh, this is this is something I think that is really unique. I don't want to sound like uh, we're more sensitive than most dudes, but I really feel like Joey and Matt especially will know what I'm talking about. And I hope our listeners feel the same way because I feel a little bit wussy about this. But What, I'm sensitive? Well, certain things get you. I mean, I've been around where, like like I've always said, Matt, big things that are like men hanging out or his dad, like male stuff that happens or kids really makes Matt just get the lump in his throat and That's cry true. and all this stuff. And, Joey, I know that you're pretty sensitive about things like that too, just with your kids especially and then with just uh, relationships with friends and dudes. So uh, it's Ruby's first day of kindergarten, and I just can't believe it's here. And that, that was yesterday. It was her first day. And oh, my Lord, our, our phones are going off for an alarm. Hold on one second. 
Can you, can, you, can you put your phone on like mute? We're doing like a professional podcast here. Flash flood warning. Wow. Yep. Thanks for ruining our podcast. And that my was your story. phone too? No, mine's on mute like oh, a gotcha. normal human that works hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to purposefully make sure your phone is on the, during the, a flash flood at church. Right. That's what I was going to say. The normal, the normal joke is, does your phone go off during church while you're preaching? <laughs> And then Joshua said, Arr! Arr! Uh, you, know, you know what I think is so ironic? Like I I don't know. What is so ironic? <laughs> <laughs> like, I do not care about you guys making fun of me as a pastor, but we forget that Toby is a worship leader. Why don't we make fun of you for being a worship leader you and all can. the stereotypes of why don't you? I'm I, begging you to. <laughs> I would love it. I need it. Tell me how cheesy my G chord is. <laughs> Whatever. I, I pop a G string on stage. I do it all the time. I'm giving you material. You have plenty of material. Smash me. I would love that. I swear to all that is holy. I would love it if you made fun of me as a worship leader. I promise I would. And if well, so, Matt, it probably wouldn't be likely to Toby to say, oh, you can't say that, though. I know one guy. That wouldn't typically be his defense to a joke you make about. I'm gonna do that. Though. Hey man, seriously, hey, can you, can't really say. Hey, that. seriously, uh, there is a one worship leader that's pretty. No, I just I think you guys overgeneralize way too much, way too much. You, I don't know what that even means. Your definition I, is you have a horrible if you can name vocabulary. An expe- if you can name an exception, then the premise is invalid. That's the way. No, you, no, you guys operate by saying, "Oh, I hang out with Joey uh, eight, eight, one eighth of his life, and I know everywhere he no, goes but, and everybody I mean, talks." Okay, to hold on. That's just stupid. Talk, okay, hold on. We are off on a tangent, but listen, you know that we know you. We not we're not saying anything crazy. Everybody, if for you the think most I'm upset part, right now, I'm not. I know you're not upset. I really want to say that you actually think that we're saying something, but I mean, we're just saying that most people, including. Hundreds of thousands all of people listening pastors. to this podcast know that you are a pastor. It almost always exclusively comes up exactly like it always almost comes up with me saying I'm in a band. That always happens. Most people know within minutes that I'm in a rock band, and it treats and then they you say whatever the, they, they immediately yeah they treat me differently. Sometimes negatively, like I'm a loser. I'm still in a band. I'm almost forty years old. That's lazy. Whatever. People, that's not I, even I, true, by the way. Yes, that's it, another over. Is it that's not every time I'm around you, you don't even want to bring up band, and it doesn't get brought up because everybody knows it. I try to avoid it, and I can't. <laughs> who <laughs> do, who doesn't know I'm in a band? What, what person are you talking about? I'm saying anytime we're out in public, we can. You said it comes up every single time. No, it doesn't because no, no, we don't bring not it up. In five Joey, minute interactions. Joey, uh, you are generalizing. You have to understand what we're saying. People will always almost immediately know you're a pat just like that. I mean, you're driving Uber, somebody for probably less than 30 minutes, most likely 10 or 15 minutes, and you said five times it's already come up. You, you got to tell them. You have an answer so you don't have to say I'm a pastor at Seacoast. And I, I mean, you you I mean, it comes up so regularly, you have a thing that you're going to say to people. No, because I mean, that's, that's the just first, that's the so first thing I said. I don't mind telling people. I know, but my point is, it comes. That's all we're saying is it comes up ninety five. More of importantly, the time. people treat you wildly differently than they treat non pastors, and they treat me different because I'm in. Like in you're taking a rock like band. we're saying something negative. If you were an air conditioned man, it would come up within fifteen minutes of conversation. If you're a hot if you girl, were a gar- you always get yeah. good service everywhere you go. Right. That's a bubble. I mean, just going to happen. I mean, no matter what. Now, I I think that we have a different definition of bubble. That's, yes, that's we do. I'm we saying. definitely do. Yours is something bad that we're saying about you is what you mean by bubble, and we mean no, people treat I, you I differently because 
and, and consistently because of something. And so you I mean, know, I, don't, I don't think you guys are saying anything bad. No, but I'm saying as soon as, as, soon as you said pastor, those guys completely stopped talking about the real they stuff. They entered and the bubble talking at about that church. Moment. They jumped they from outside the bubble. No, okay, okay. No, l- let me let me restate that. No, I do think you guys are saying something bad because I think you guys equate being in some sort of bubble as ignorance. No, a hot girl gets great all. service all the time because she's hot. That's a bubble. No, you, you, that's what I don't understand. We said this is good because you get to be outside of the bubble. Not that you're ignorant. That, like, it sounds like maybe <clears> – I keep having a frog in my throat. Um, I would say that you think that you're not in any bubble and that you talk to people in a real way all the time. And for people who are not, like Matt or myself, prep pastors, it does seem like a lot of your life is spent meeting people as a pastor, yeah. always, first and foremost. And then secondly, within minutes, it's going to be talked about just like every other profession in the world. So it's not, there's a air-conditioned bubble. There's a, you know what I mean, whatever it might be. Oh, I'm, I'm a rock star bubble. There's a bubble that I'm in where I meet a lot of people in music. And people that care about music, which is a lot of people. Okay, I mean, that well, happens all the time. If, if it's so common, then why is it so noteworthy to bring up? That's why I don't it's get. noteworthy. So what, what point? No, what no point the pastors, no pa- hardly any pastors in the world. Uh, pa- uh, no, that's not right. The point is how pastors cool that is that you drive for Uber and what that you get to step out of that bubble and see that. And my point was, I wish great. other pastors would do the same more because pastors in general leave Joey Spencer out of it. He's never ever been in a bubble, but most all other pastors live in a bubble. Not you, all the rest of them. I mean, most pastors spend their entire time doing Christian work and proclaiming it and saying it and telling people who they are. Let me give one more illustration of that. When, For instance, when uh, at Mars Hill in the early days, Mark would preach all the time. He'd tell all these stories, and he was this and that. He had all these really neat stories of interacting with people. And then after Mars Hill was going five years and ten years, there were no new stories. He would still tell the same ones from right. 99, 2001, 88, whatever it was. They were the same stories later because he didn't have any new stories because he was just pastor marking from then on. I'm not saying that's negative or bad. I'm just saying you get in a system and you're in it. Cops are the same way. Rock stars are the same way. Whatever. It's just you. once you're in something, that's the whole culture you're immersed in. You get treated differently, and you only see stuff inside and, of that. And the it's reason why bad. that happens is you proved it by those people changing their entire demeanor and what they're talking about as soon as you said pastor. Well, they, thank thank you guys for complimenting me for getting out my bubble. Yes, Let's that's exactly on. what you should have heard us say. You guys need to listen to yourselves a little more often. <laughs> Why would you be taking this? I'm not. I Why just are you think, offended? I'm not offended. No, you I, hold on. You are offended. Okay, you are pushing back, and you uh, are offended. It's so crazy how you think I'm offended right now <laughs> when you guys all this all the time push back on what we're saying. Don't agree, blah blah blah. I disagree, and you say I'm offended. How? That's ridiculous. So I can't disagree without you thinking I'm offended? I mean, okay, what are we saying that is offensive to I'm you? I'm saying no, okay, your, no, your tone okay. is very jeering initially. And so then what you're saying, we, oh, okay, no, but, I'm complimenting but, but, you. But I'm tell like, me what we said that was jeering. The, I promise you, the first thing we said is, man, that is awesome. There's a pastor bubble, and Joey, you're not in it. You're getting out of it because of Uber. We wish right. more pastors were like you. That's exactly what we said. Well, Nobody I, said you are shitty or fucking stupid or in an ignorant <laughs> bubble. Nobody said that, and that's the way you push back. The way you push back is we're mean and you're nice. Like, that, like you're, doing, you, you're not in a bubble. You care about everybody. You talk to people about anything. You look like the one upset right now. I am. I actually am upset What now. are you upset about? Because I think we can't actually have a conversation with you without you actually kind of getting offended. We're, we were giving you a compliment. We actually gave you a compliment, <laughs> and you are saying we're dickheads because we don't know what you do 
other times. We're always with you. You said that like in a smart aleck mean way when we said, Joey, most pastors don't fucking work for Uber. Most pastors don't step out of their bubble. <laughs> He's and really mad. Just like every other job, every I, I, I told you, hey, in my job, Matt, his eyes are wide. In my, his balls. Like, in my in my job, it always happens. And I try to avoid it. Toby, you always, you you always try to avoid it. No, if you remember several years ago, I said, please don't talk about me being in a rock band because it makes me in a bad position. Right. I, because I can't escape it. Yeah. So I don't, need, I don't need my best friend telling people that. Exactly. Okay. So it, it would be the same thing if I was sitting in that Uber car going, hey, this dude's a pastor. You're talking about fucking this guy's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This lady's daughter. This guy's a pastor. Watch out. That would, that's exactly what it would be. That's all that was. That wasn't you made the generalization. All right. All right. So, so, Toby, hang on. Here's what I want to know. What actual time does Ruby get dropped off at school? <laughs> all right moving on we're skipping this we've already we've already done the argument episode so uh yesterday we took ruby our oldest she's five um she'll be six in october so she's kind of even one of the older kids in kindergarten but this is her first day of kindergarten and we took her and uh she was definitely nervous and the school that we go to is a really great school brand new facility well you got uh, soft daddy tone of voice also. i know I, well i'm actually feeling You're potentially emotional about this it, in. i've had a I, I know it sounds so wimpy but i've literally had kind of like a lump in my throat that feeling all day uh so yesterday we took her and she just looked a little intimidated like uh just a little almost a little worried on the edge of emotion, but nothing. And we went to the, you have to go to the uh, cafeteria first and then go to the classroom. So we went to the cafeteria and they said, okay, you can go ahead to the classroom. So we did that and we took her to the classroom and she just got right to work and didn't even, no tears, nothing. She grabbed a crayon, started coloring, everything's fine. She's always been pretty brave and bold and friendly and outgoing and all this stuff. Totally okay. I was like, man, I, I, I actually waiting in line to take her into the school. Got a lump in my throat. Tears started coming out of my eyes. I just can't. I just can't handle it. So today, my mean, terrible wife says I have to take Ruby to school by myself. So we go all the way. Everything's totally fine. And uh, then it started getting me when we parked and we had to park. It's downtown Charleston, so we did parallel parking. And uh, Ruby says, Hey, can we just can we just stay here for a few more extra minutes? Aww. And I was like, oh, shit. And I just started feeling it. I even feel it right now. And I was like, yeah, sure, 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 sure. And I was noticing, you know, she's a little bit nervous or whatever. So everything's okay. We go. Um, and you think this is because she's reflecting on yesterday and there's certain things no, about yesterday she didn't like? I don't, maybe, maybe. But um, so we go in line and everything's okay. And then I take her to the cafeteria. The cafeteria and this time I have to leave her there. And it's this giant cafeteria. And I go, okay, you're all right. And then she just starts quietly crying, not freaking out, not being obnoxious or anything, just quietly crying, wiping her eyes. And I'm like, I Gosh. just can't do it. I have the biggest lump, painful lump in my throat. <laughs> Tears are coming out of my eyes, and I'm having to sit there going, it's okay. It's going to be really fun. Don't worry. Hey, we're going to be back in just a little bit. This is fun. You remember yesterday and how good it was? And I'm having to say all this stuff through – not really looking at her because I'm crying. And it's just terrible. And then you have to walk away. Yeah. And then you're right. I had to walk away. And I just and I look back at her and she's just quietly wiping sobbing tears out of her eyes. And I was like, oh my God, I'm having to leave a five year old in this situation. A giant room she's never been in with people she does not know. And I'm leaving a five year old here. 
what the hell is wrong with me? Like, what? I mean, there's what some, is going some, on? There's some homeschoolers that would say, because it's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe you're right. <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah, yeah, they would say that's wrong. You yeah. shouldn't do it. Yeah, you're right. And so I just, I just couldn't take it. And as I walked out, I could not get rid of the lump in my throat. I thought I was going to sit in my car and just cry in downtown Charles. <laughs> I thought I was going to be sobbing. And I just had to hold it back. Like, I, I really felt like I didn't get to release that. Like, I just held it in and thought, no, you got to be the dad. You got to be the man. This is, I told myself this is good for her. She's learning that new things aren't that scary and it's by okay yourself? to be by yourself. What? Like you felt like you needed to be the dad by yourself? Yeah, yeah, I really did. Dang. And so then I call back, I, I, I get back to my car and I call Jess and I say, hey, listen, I'm just, I, I, I just told her, I said, I hate this. I hate it. I, I just can't hardly stand it. She's like, it's totally fine. It's just first day of school. <laughs> <laughs> Jess, no emotion, totally cool, well, think not of, a big deal. I know that's Everything's daughter, okay. but think about last week we were in the bus and Dave was call, you know, called his well, you know, daughter Isley and said, okay, because it was he missed the first day of school of his daughter because right. we were on the road. So you right. got to be there for it. But think about how bad you didn't feel for Dave a week ago. <laughs> oh, I know. You're right. <laughs> totally, totally. So anyway, my wife put it in perspective, and I do get it. It's, it's totally safe. There's not any danger for my daughter. It's an unbelievably safe school and a great school, and it's really good for her and all these things. But I just literally hate it. Like, I swear to you, there was 50% of me, well, I'd say 49 because I didn't go with it, but 49% of me that was like, I just want to take her and we'll go to Chuck E. Cheese. Like, I just thought, I'll just, I got to get out of here. I just hate it. And so I know a lot of people are taking their kids back to schools, but I, I just can't stand it. I hate it. Thinking, I have to leave a five year old here with people that she's never known. But do you I'm think her that's, dad. I'm you, her damn dad. Isn't that because of our protective instinct? Do you think that it's because we are like, I, she's crying and I'm leaving her and I'm supposed to make her feel better. Yeah, but I mean, also, I, when, the way I look at it is, too, is like she's crying for a real reason. This is scary. Right. It's hard. Right. And you're, and you're supposed to help her. Right. But yeah. you know the right thing is to not help her. Right. If so I don't help her, her, it will be better. But I hate it. I know. What you, I mean, I, I, my uh, oldest daughter, my, my second daughter, loved going to K-5 for first day, so I don't have bad memories of that. But if I look at the picture of Rosa back in 2011, first day of school, and the, the, her effort to try to smile, but she really <laughs> couldn't because she was scared, it kills me now. I hate it. Like, that's four oh, years no. ago, <laughs> and it kills me now. So now, I'm not looking Kids, forward man. to any of that stuff at all. The way I look at it, each day is worse than the last. I mean, you lose some of them every single day. I I feel like, yeah. So that's. That, I don't I mean, like kids. I don't like my kids getting older. I don't like the thought that, um, like, have have y'all thought y'all both have daughters? Have you? How are you going to handle them starting their period? Oh, like that's an entrance into a like an adulthood. Like they can procreate. I I can't even take it because all of a sudden it's like your your baby girl can have a baby. <laughs> that's just yeah, too much. I just can't man. even go there. I was thinking about college, and just as we have three kids, and I was just thinking Ruby goes away, and then Ike goes away, and then we have June, and then June goes away. It's just going to be devastating. You are going to write the baddest-ass Emory album of all time. It's going to be June devastating. When he's 60. Uh, I, I mean, it, it just it, – you know what? I, all, I, I really was a guy that always said I love my wife no matter what than my kids, and that she fir- she's first, and then they'll be second. And I, I just don't know. I mean, I love my wife, but they are at least equal. Like, yeah. when I just today seeing my daughter, how beautiful and pretty 
and smart and bold and brave that she was being just obliterated my heart. Like it literally destroyed me. Like I was like, nothing on earth is doing this to me right now. Like Jess and I can get into fights and all this stuff, but I know about it. But this is a little girl that's figuring out the entire world at this moment. And I just, I can't stand it. I just wish anything I could just bring her. Maybe you're right. Like I couldn't bring her joy or happiness or even tickling her or anything didn't help. I think it's all symbolism for the fact that when you have a kid, you think it's your kid. It's like my dog. And then that changes. And then they're people. They're just, you know, this is a step. You're not actually worried about her safety, and you've seen her cry a hundred times, and you've left her at church. But this is significant to you because she's less your possession and more she's a person. And then by age 12, that's just some other person that has a dad. And she won't even, yeah, she won't even care. She'll, she won't, she'll actually be mad that I'm still there. Right. When, when it's that, a baby, that, that's gonna... when it's a baby, you have a baby. Like, no matter what, I have a baby. And then by the time they're 12, that, that person has a dad. Just like, yeah, I've got a dad. He's pretty cool. That's a huge shift that happens pretty cool. Or he's pretty terrible. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying they're people yeah. that you have a, a family relationship with at some point. But when you first get the kid, you literally think of them as you own them. But I don't think my parents yeah. own me. They don't feel like they own me. They're just somebody I know who's related to them. And that's oh, pretty sad. Lord. It's just sad. Like, I mean, it just all makes you realize no matter what, you're just headed for a dirt nap. <laughs> it's all a big <laughs> dirt nap coming your way. Just <laughs> a damn dirt nap's headed my way. <laughs> On that note, let's take a break. I need, I need to get some beer or oxygen or something. That was an intense opening. My God. <laughs> My God in heaven, Jesus, Abba Father, please. Did you help the second half of this podcast to you, bring joy and peace I and comfort? I thought you were starting to speak in tongues. <laughs> Folks, let me tell you something. Blue Apron is a sponsor of this program, and I am very, very glad because i love blue apron we get it at my house we pay for it and we enjoy it we think it is great it's okay you can admit it too the last thing you want to do is the last thing you want to do after work is wait in line at the grocery store carry home and cook a complicated meal and expensive unhealthy takeout isn't any better and so that's where blue apron comes in blue apron delivers farm fresh ingredients and step-by-step recipes to your home allowing you to create healthy, handcrafted meals at home without going to the grocery store at all. They have every little thing in there, people. I'm telling you, when it comes, it's amazing. And here's one thing I love about it. You actually learn cooking skills because there's just these. they give you step-by-step instructions and pictures, and you learn actual concepts and techniques of cooking passively just while you're – and it only takes about 30 minutes to do – it's good for you. You can copy the meals and do them again later if you want to. They work around your schedule and dietary preferences, and Blue Apron's experts source only the best seasonal ingredients for incredible meals. Let me tell you one that they have coming up this week. This one I'm very excited about because I had one that was similar previously. It was the best one I've had. Euro steak pitas with corn on the cob and labna tzatziki. That is going to be amazing. You do not want to miss that one. But let's say maybe you're a vegetarian. So you would get, let's say, summer quiche with ricotta, zucchini, and basil, tomato, corn, avocado salad. Any way you slice it, this stuff is good. And it's my treat. It's our treat. The first two meals are on us when you go to blueapron.com slash badchristian. Again, 
Check out this week's menu and get your first two meals free by going to blueapron.com slash badchristian. Folks, we got an awesome musical sponsor today. It's a new band from Victory Records called Conveyor. We heard them a little bit last week. They have a new record coming out September 4th, really soon, and it's called When Given Time to Grow. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to listen to this song called Haven, and I want you to just digest it. Sit back, see what you think. Okay, that was Haven by Conveyor, and I hope you liked it. So I want you to be sure to check out the tour dates at facebook.com forward slash Conveyor. That's C-O-N-V-E-Y-E-R. They'll be on tour this fall supporting their new record, When Given Time to Grow, which is out on Victory Records September 4th. You can pre-order that record today at victorymerch.com forward slash store forward slash Conveyor. Again, that's Haven by Conveyor. Find them on Twitter. Hit them up. Tell them you heard them on the Bad Christian Podcast so they'll know we sent you. And Conveyor, if you guys are listening, good luck to y'all. So Toby and I were talking uh, on the bus. Toby, I think you'll remember this. We didn't really prepare for it today. But I was really intrigued by and got my juices flowing in my brain the other day when we were on the bus talking about church. And we really were talking about separating the different parts of church. And it's like... All I can say about it is it's it's really interesting if you think about all the things that the church does and how they're all consolidated, and I guess I'm on this track that's saying we should not consolidate them. It almost gives me a book idea. Maybe I'll write this book one day, but I'd like to call it like disintegrating the church or disintegrating church or something like disintegration, which is just disintegration. So the big theme that's come out for me lately is that we have all these things that are very important, and we use one superstructure or institution to, to do them all, and I just don't know that that's necessary or even a biblical approach to doing it. So if you can get rid of some of those, uh, if you can get rid of that mentality, I think people would be more free to do it another way. So what sparked it was Toby was talking about if he was going to do a church, this is all just theoretical stuff. It's a very common topic for us. But Toby said if he was going to do a church, he would do the first month. Like, what was it? Tell me that idea again, Toby. Okay. The first week of the month. There was like something so like I that. So I have this wasn't... written down. I, I wrote this down and was just thinking about church. Oh, so you church. are prepared. I'm the very prepared. <laughs> so here's what I was thinking. Uh, I, and I wrote down five Sundays because sometimes there's a fifth Sunday in a month. But I'll just go ahead and go through it and just was thinking about church in a way that is real and church as people, not as a building. So I want to preface mm-hmm. with that. So first Sunday of the month is rest, unplug, and a Sabbath for real. Like you 
literally our the church, the people encourage each other to not be on their Facebooks, not be on their phones, not be playing video games, not be doing whatever you can do online. And they don't come be, to church. Right. And do not come to church and you actually stay and spend time with your family or friends and or people that you don't know. Maybe go spend some time with them and just really be real with real people. And when I say real, I really do mean that. We, we live in a virtual world now that's just taking over. And it's nice to really unplug and have a meal or a conversation in person, eye to eye. Uh, second Sunday would be a teaching about God's words. And I said, songs if we got them. I think that we really do push a real agenda of, hey, we're going to play this music and this is when you worship, which is, I wonder if in the whole history of life is that kind of strange, like the idea of, hey, no matter what, at 9.37 a.m. on Sundays, you will worship God. Like that sounds, yeah, of course that, that's, that's a little bit bizarre. I mean, I understand it works and maybe people don't understand, you know, get that in their daily life or whatever, but it's a little bit unique. But I actually, I, I want to preface or, or clarify that as well as and say a teaching about God's word. I'm not talking about preaching. I'm not talking about a sermon. I'm actually saying a teaching. I really do. I really would love a teaching that says, hey, this is, uh, you know, uh, Deuteronomy 3.12, I'm going to explain it to you. Like, I really do think pastors have that gift to really break down Scripture and explain what it means in context Certain ones. and history and not all that stuff. pastors in general. Yeah, Some maybe. Of them. Potentially not in general, but I would love a, a teaching about the Bible and not an applicatory uh, talking to about me. Um, all right. Thirdly, on the third Sunday, I, I kind of called it this, a town hall free-for-all, where everyone brings in something that's on their minds and other people stand up and talk about it. Now, what I'm talking about there is I love sometimes on C-SPAN or whatever, they'll do town hall meetings or whatever, or they'll do that with uh, polit political candidates that are running for office, uh -huh. and you get to just bring up a topic. Hey, what about this, this, and this? Yeah, like, I love that idea. But the, yeah. there's still somebody leading. It's not a free-for-all. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's moderated, it's hosted, but, uh, moderated. Right. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. But people actually get to bring content to the, the the meeting, have that subject talked about, and I think that's really valuable as opposed to just listening to one dude hearing from God and telling you about what about that. Like I actually think a Sunday where you talk about all kinds of things, whether it be. Uh, going to school or ecological things or God or whatever it might be, it could be really beneficial because, to me, all truth leads back to Jesus. Well, or either we're liars. What, what's so awesome about that, though, is now people are not blindsided that, holy crap, another Christian who believes in Jesus believes completely opposite than I do about such and such. Right. Because it's yeah. constantly being done. You've got the conservative Bible thumper dude that got born again in the in the 70s and it's just black and white. Everything is a certain way. There's no wiggle room. Fellowshipping with the, you know, almost postmodern approach to the Bible, and they right. both love Jesus, and they both have an ongoing conversation. And, yeah. and, and they have got to no, learn that. Typically, they're side by side and have no idea that they believe oh, exactly. opposite things yeah. or question the same thing. And I'm even okay if it gets a little heated. Yeah, I actually, I actually think that could be okay. Like, you at least... No, wait, this person's passionate about it. So be a lot closer to border now, than reality. Right. Now, yeah. how, how, would, how would you handle, though, one of them saying to the other, there's no way you could be a Christian? Like, would you step in and say, hey, that's just messed yeah, up? Yeah, I think I, 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 really, I really disagree with when people say there's no way you're a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that, that is something that I think I've even said to people. Like, yeah. if you believe this, you can't be a Christian, and I'm, I was wrong. I've thought it. I, I know. I mean, I, I, I've said it, I believe, and thought it for sure. 
and uh, I was wrong. You definitely I, thought that about Jay Baker. Uh, no, that's not true. <laughs> that is actually not true. Uh, fourth Sunday would be a short topical teaching, meaning uh, something that's going on in our society or whatever, and uh, then you'd break out into small groups. Or hey, that one could be the one where you said group. that uh, they used to have uh, where uh, the church should have an atheist on staff. That could be that oh, one too. Oh, totally. Yeah, I actually do Just believe that. About I, I about think the all world churches together. All right, I think all churches should have an atheist on staff, and that that atheist should be able to speak in front of the congregation, so that no matter what, you had to really figure out what they're saying is true or not, or just or how you could refute issue. that or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. There might be. I mean, there are tons of people that don't believe in God that can really help you. Uh, physically, mentally, right? Uh, like your pastor is all, not the greatest scientifically. Yeah, your pastor's most likely. Totally not the best guy to teach to instruct on climate change. Exactly right, but it's important yeah. to think about whatever. Well, you know. Also, it has to be resisted the notion of one person being that guy, even right. if it's once a month. It just right. can't be the same guy. Right. A church cannot get used to the idea that oh, every time someone's talking to us in an instruction manner, it's that guy. Right. Just I mean, if you're it. just listening to one dude from a pulpit every Sunday about all creation, scientifically, philosophically, uh, emotionally, spiritually, morally, all those things, then that is where you actually, you, you are very limited. Not so to mention that a lot of those. churches have 75 people and that pastor ain't got much right. education or IQ either one. All right, so let, let oh. me. Let he's me got play, the Holy uh, Spirit, no doubt, and he can preach. I'm not. I'm not opposed to that. I'm not fighting that. Right. I'm saying. Let me that play can't devil's be your advocate. Main authority. Right. Let him get through so number I, five first. Let, yeah, let me get to five. five. And then, holy there's, sh- Matt, we're in a flood. Yes. It's unbelievable. Every time we that actually scared. I've never been scared by thunder in a yeah, long time. I that guarantee you, my kids are crying right now. On the fifth Sunday, just music and a meal. People, and, and when I say music, it's just people that can play. Maybe not even that good, and they get together and learn some songs and they jam, and then you share a meal together and you really just fellowship. You ask people what they do for a living, how they're doing, what's going on, do you like macaroni and cheese, and that's just it. Like, there's no agenda or anything. You just have a meal and some music that's fun. Like, like whenever I see uh, people that get together, like, I, one of my favorite all time shows is the Andy Griffith show. And I know this sounds crazy. Uh, it's a really old show, black and white. It's the only ones that I watched. There was color later. But um, I actually loved it when Andy and the Darlings would just jam. Yep. Like they would just sit around and jam some old bluegrass tunes. And I was like, that is so cool. They're just singing and being together in a way that's artistic and neat and fun. And if you can just do that, and it doesn't matter how <laughs> tight it is or how much you hit the downbeat or how great the sound system is and all that stuff, if that didn't matter and the actual song mattered, I think it would actually be more spiritual and it would be better. Yeah. And then you have a great meal together and you sit around and enjoy it. Yeah, it would be amazing. You, you couldn't enjoy it much if it really just sucked. No, yes, you could. And you could. And it wouldn't suck. It wouldn't suck. You could sing a cappella, right. whatever. You yeah. Do. I mean, it, it just wouldn't. But anyway, okay, what were you going to say, Joey? Joe, you push back say, a little bit here, and then I'm going to move this train on to the next level. Sure. Okay, thank So you. is it possible that, because I, I agree with you, but here's, here's what somebody would say in response to the pastor not knowing everything. Here's, here's the, the facts that a lot of people don't get, is the pastor that's teaching you every Sunday typically spends time with a researcher who's smarter than them 
the stuff that they're teaching you, they're talking to you like it's common knowledge to them, but they just found it out three days ago. Whoa. So my so my my thing is, and that's not all pastors, but my thing is, don't you have some people that are effective communicators that need to ask other people, hey, so what what's the truth about global warming? Can you tell me? So I, I'm probably the better communicator because I'm funny. People think I'm great speaker and all that stuff. You, you could have a super boring scientist who knows way more about global warming but would do a sucky job presenting it. Well, you know I mean, what percentage of pastors have researchers? Way, way, way less than 5%, though. Yeah, you're right. So that's you're nothing. Right. And most pastors aren't even really good at preaching. So here's where I'm going to here's where I'm going to take this train. <laughs> so, so here's where I'm going to take this train next. Well, first of all, I'll just lead with that. Most pastors aren't even good at preaching. And you can tell that because, and this is why I'm into the disintegration of the church and the institution to some degree. Give me some leeway. Let me make my point before you think that's insane but i like the sound of it but um the here's what here's basically everybody goes to a church and they go oh yeah my pastor whatever and every one of their asses listens to tim keller or matt chandler so okay so it's, it's, it's that's what they do they listen to the best preacher but they don't go to his church they don't so that's step one right. of where the culture is already going and heading and they probably don't even pay attention when their preacher's preaching and they get fed from pastor chandler that is true that is what everybody is doing so you can tell them that's wrong, which doesn't seem right, or you could actually maybe go with it. Yeah. Maybe that's fine. Maybe that's totally fine. So, but there are pushbacks from the institution against everything that Toby said. So number one, take week number one off where you don't even open the doors. The doors will be locked. Guess what? Right. Not going to happen because then you can't collect any money or give a spiel about money that one quarter of the month. So right. it's not going to happen, even though it could. Or you can't share the gospel. Or whatever it is. So right. I'm asking anybody out there, I think that's a great idea. I'd love for a church to do it, even a small one. If you do, let us know. If somebody out there but, wants to do that, if you believe in the Sabbath yeah. or what Toby's saying, just do that. Save but, for, Matt, the, the, the reason why it, it should be able to work is because it shouldn't. you shouldn't have to need that week's money. I like know. What should, I'm saying is that nobody's going to do it, and it is a yeah. good idea. So, But maybe somebody will put their money where their mouth is. If so, let us know. I'd love to hear it. If you think that's a good idea, do it. And like, what's know. the percentage y'all think of churches that take a Sunday off? No, none do now. There's some. But you might <laughs> no, convince some. one to do it. How so, many Out of 100 churches, I mean, there, how many do it? There's like some very progressive. Wait, out of 100 churches, how many you churches? You know what we're talking about. It's a generalization, yeah, yeah, yeah. but we're moving yeah. through the generalization. So I'm saying there, there's some very progressive people that are doing sure, something there's, that there's, more there's people should exception. know about. But it's 1% yeah, of them. Right, if they are, right, let, right. Us, let us know who they are, and we'll, I'd be right. glad let to us know. know about it myself because I don't know about it. Thus, my generalization. Toby, what was week two? Is uh, Teaching. Yes, week two is teaching, not preaching, but actual teaching and opening up the word. So, like you come, you you have a Sabbath, and then the next time you actually learn about the Bible, the uh-huh. actual Bible, like the thing that yeah. we base our entire belief upon, you actually learn about it. And I want to uh, kind of want to add to that of maybe you can kind of leave it open ended. Some things are a little bit wonky and weird about the Bible, and maybe and we actually don't have answers for some of the stuff. And it would be okay to sit with it and ask God about it and sure. seek the Lord and seek other you know, uh, books and stuff like that about the Bible. You know what yeah. I mean? Like to try and clarify what because you've actually believed. And I would say that's good because t- that's one thing that a lot of pastors do have for sure on their congregation and many other people is understanding and having studied the Word of God. That's the one thing that I do right. believe that most pastors are and, and current pastors as in their vocation are usually relatively qualified to do that and have spent a lot of time there. So I think that's good. Uh, week three is what? Uh, 
co- community or something? Yeah, week three is the uh, town hall meeting. Oh, yeah, town hall meeting. Well, people are afraid of a lot of stuff there. I mean, that's not right. going to happen because they're afraid that somebody's going to say something or somebody's feelings going to get hurt, and church is f- afraid of conflict. Plus, what if somebody says something wrong and leads somebody Like, what if somebody it? says they think gay's okay? Yeah, just something, <laughs> anything like that that said, you know, people are, that's lack of control, and institutions never like to lose control. That's part of their thing. And I'm not talking about church, just any institution. So most churches that are not so dangerous. Like, I agree, but I'm Gosh. just pointing out why it's probably not going to happen. I just don't think that most people would be willing to give up that control, nor do I think most people have the skills to moderate effectively. Oh, but that's so a skill that will be cultivated. Okay, I'm going to hold my question till the end, after you get to the next one. But what is I the next wanna, one? Uh, well, the last one. Uh, was, let's see. We're on number four. Yeah, okay, so we're on number four, which would, is just a short topical teaching, which then leads to like a Sunday school or an actual small group uh-huh. at the church to talk about that, specifically with each other in a smaller group. Yeah, I think that's great, too. Um, the, the church is pretty big on like in general mandating the group itself like how it what right. the structure is you have to have a leader yeah, a volunteer yeah, that, to that lead that group yeah. so they don't get messed up so i see the need there for a community to be there but less sanctioned i guess or right my my goal you're exactly right like i would love to split up into groups and it not be proprietary in a sense proprietary, of yeah, we have right. a le- we have a leader that says no matter what he's going to always bring back people back to the right gospel mm-hmm. like if we believe in jesus i think that'll happen i think i mean i really believe that that can happen or we're denying that jesus power is uh, un- unbelievably strong and can change all hearts and do all that stuff and so i just think you it would be better to have real people just talking about things. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, like you bring up a topic, whatever it might be. Hey, money and you and your wife sharing money or whatever that be, whatever it might be. And then you talk about it uh, as a, 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 in a real way and you would hear a bunch of crazy different things, but it would at least be real as opposed to one guy that is potentially endorsed by the church saying, this is the right way. Like that, that yeah. doesn't feel as real. You can always well, have Matt, them go back and check it by old, uh, you know, the wisdom of Keller or Chandler if you want later. Just get off track. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> well, the fifth Sunday, I think everybody's probably okay with just food and fellowship. I think, I don't think people, but they would not like that if that literally was it. Maybe that, that would be the danger of there's not a pastor up there preaching the sermon or anybody. It's like yeah. literally people getting together just to eat and talk. So that's two and maybe where you don't even come to the building. And, and I want to kind of go a step further with that music thing. They might play Tom Petty or Pearl Jam. <laughs> like, that's okay, right? Like, I mean, it, like they learn the song. They're trying to, like, have fun and do something cool that they yeah. think is worthy of learning. Like, that, that, in that, that should mean that's something. Like, like, I, I kind of think that's all right. Like, why would you sit, like, if you were sitting with a bunch of people, why would you only hear songs that say, Jesus, 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 yes, 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 Lord, 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 you are good, you good, good, good. Yeah. I mean, maybe it'd be okay to hear some <laughs> other songs and think about them. Like, the songs are real and somebody worked hard on them and created it and all these things why would you be so scared of music that doesn't give you the simplest version of god yeah like that, that like that i mean that's just uh, that that stuff always has kind of bothered me. well, well the, the it, best thing that i like about this plan is uh, not maybe all churches stop doing this but at least some of them have got to stop busting their asses to make everybody happy when a lot of those happy people don't care about doing anything like right. that's 
that's the tough thing is that we're trying so hard, so hard to do what we think is right. And maybe some of it is right, but I would say, let's, let's just call it what it is. There's a huge emphasis on things that just don't matter. People don't care. Yeah. And with what you just described, you know who are the people that are going to be a part of that? Are the people that really, really are psyched about it, care, want to invest their time in it. And there's got to be people that start doing this because there's such a huge demographic of people that are just never going to step foot oh, in church. Oh, definitely. Never, ever, 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 ever are. So can I take this idea, boil it down, and then blow it up even further? Is that okay with you guys? Yep. Okay. Okay, so when I'm, I'm hearing Toby talk here... My big takeaway is that there are just that those those are just ideas, of course. But I think he's pointing to a bigger truth here that there are fundamental elements that are important about the church that are important. And so let's let's take those and boil them down for a little bit. So what I'm what I hear is there is teaching and preaching that matters that has to exist, and that uh, there also is uh, talking and praying uh, in, intentionally with others which is, you know, it's like something like a small group, whatever. That needs to be occurring in a Christian's life. And that uh, this is one that I got that after talking to Shane Claiborne a couple of weeks ago, realizing that, man, that guy's a pastor. Well, where's his church? He doesn't have one. But he's definitely pastoral. He cares about people. He uh, shepherds people. He is authoritative and gives guidance to people. But they're not yeah. in an institutional structure with Shane Claiborne. But he has that talent, and so do many others. The same people that have those talents don't have lead pastor uh, gift, or they don't have executive, uh, whatever all the other stuff is. But there's people that are gifted that way. You don't have to make one guy do all the stuff in an institution. And then Toby didn't mention in there, but certainly could be integrated, stuff like the sacraments. We believe in even some degree of preaching or uh, baptism and the Lord's Supper are are biblical. That needs to occur in a Christian's life, it, it would. Now, yeah. oh. here is the main thing that I think. I think the problem with Toby's idea is no no matter what, and this isn't a knock-on, this actually leads me to the, the larger conclusion, people aren't going to come on the week that they don't like. They're going to come for, right. oh, the preaching week with this teacher, or they're going to come for the family hangout only. Right. And then the question would be, well, are you going to allow that? And the clear answer is, Sure. Whatever. Yeah. And so that points me to disintegrating it entirely. There could, be, there could be ministries. Look at John the Baptist. He baptized people and talked sometimes. That's what he did. Look what Jesus did. He did something else. Look what Paul did. He did something else. And you can all the other unnamed people in the Bible, they just did stuff. And then even throughout uh, Christianity history, we have uh, evangelists or uh, revivalists that just go around and travel and just do preaching. They didn't do anything else. That wasn't wrong. That was good. So yeah. you could, you could like, there could be a ministry where somebody is a pastoral person and they do baptisms once a month in town with a bunch of faiths. Well, that takes yeah. care of that. The biggest knock is people will use the institution to say, well, you have to have authority. You have to have uh, membership. Well, basically, we're talking about a non-membership thing. You don't need yeah. membership. And the, the pushback typically on that is then you don't have authority or structure. But I think that's bullshit because, because in the biggest churches, there's so many people that are signed up that are on a list, and they have no accountability. And meanwhile, I've seen people very, very involved at churches who received abusive, uh, uh, you know, abuse by authority structures anyway. And then the most of the people, nothing. Yes, technically right. they're signed up, but nobody's ever going to say anything to them ever in a million years about their life. Whereas my father-in-law might say something to me or the other guys in the band that I have 
you know, interaction with or people that I meet with regularly, there is authority, mutual submission in those things. It doesn't have to be, it really does not have to be institutional. I really so believe that. I, I agree with everything you're saying. What do you do? Because uh, I'm telling you, man, I know all the tricks of these arguments. I know, uh, here's what someone would say. Okay, well, let's say, let's take this to its extreme and from, from now on, none of the organized structures exist. And someone gets in a place in life where they're like, shit, man, I screwed up. I need to find a church. They like, can find a how group. How do they find out? No, they don't need to find a church. They need to find no, no, people no. to connect with. Exactly. I hope there how is do no they church. find that group? How do they find that group? Well, groups can have websites. Groups can advertise. Groups can meet people in their community. Group, anybody can do anything. So I'm saying it doesn't have to go through a proprietary institutional structure. What I'm saying is if each person acted in their gifting, there could literally be parallel organizations that, that did yeah. each thing. They can be organizations. They can be 5013C. There can be a 5013C that does re- religious teaching. There could be a 5013C that just organizes massive com- inter- interdenominational communities. Yeah. You don't have to do Seacoast group curriculum to have community. You just well, don't. How do you, keep, how do you keep that, what you just described, though, how do you keep that from becoming what you don't want it to become? I think it's possible, it's, but let's say one I'm of them is just really awesome. It's more specialized and broad and not inclusive is what I'm saying. Or it can be small. It does, all I'm saying is the things I listed, Christians need in their life. I agree. Christians need preaching and the Word of God taught and explained. Christians need the sacraments. Christians need to intentionally talk and pray with other Christians. And Christians need authority and pastoral care and mutual submission to other people. I don't care where they get them. And certainly it doesn't need to be from one nonprofit organization with a leader. It just doesn't need to be that. It does not have to. And I put it this way. Almost everybody I know that's like me, they don't even really like church. Like, if anybody's yeah. being honest, our drummer Dave said he doesn't go to church anymore. He listens to Keller sermons at night, every night even. And he doesn't like going to church. He just doesn't like it. And that makes him uncomfortable. But if he's being honest, that's what he feels like. Well, what do you think his kids are going to feel like? I mean, it, no, people are going to stop. These big, these big institutions are going to look goofier and goofier unless people are going to go. And they're not, they don't have to be necessary. I'm not saying they're wrong inherently. But the trick is... They're called a church, and I think that when some, yeah. uh, they're not the church. So the, the big error that we're making right now is the last generation did the thing when they said, well, the church isn't the building, it's the people, right? Well, here's right. the big error we're making right now. The next movement needs to be there's not any a church, there's just the church. So the indefinite article A put in front of a church implies its institutionality and its proprietorship and its ownness of all things spiritual. That's actually might be wrong to me. I like it. What, so what does Matt Carter say about what Toby Morrell painted the picture? No, I love Toby's says? because Toby's will actually, if Toby did that right away, all that would happen is you'd attract different groups for different weeks. And you would assume that those people were getting their other stuff other places and you would let that happen. And you'd yeah. be as evolved as you wanted to be, and you wouldn't say, you have to come each week. And you wouldn't say, well, we have to get it all done in each week so that everybody gets everything every week. You don't have to do that. You can just say, hey, these guys go to an Episcopal church a couple of Sundays a week, but they always come for our music night. Or I'm in a small group with a guy that's a Baptist and a this and a that or whatever. Oh, guess what? We did baptism last week with four other uh, community groups that they are interdenominational. Or... Um, you know, Pastor so and so is coming through town to do a big event. He's the best. Chandler on the road, whatever. Yeah, you, you can do all those things. That's what everybody does anyway. 
and then the church just simply fails in all the areas it's not good anyway. And you don't have to have it that way. So, well, I would say too, it's inevitable. I mean, it's with, inevitable. Like, like exactly. literally, right now with YouTube, I have saved myself tons of money with plumbing and with auto mechanics. Like I was like, well, I can do this myself. I can save money myself. So, with the invention of multi-site and just playing a pastor on the screen, people are going to become more and more aware of. Well, why wouldn't I just look at the screen at my house? Yeah. Why would I spend money to go? sit there with those people. It's almost the and, ultimate and you do joke. need fellowship, but I think people would t- make it like, oh, well, my fellowship should actually be, a real Christian should be aware that their neighbors are their actual, where God's placed them. Yeah, it's, like wrong, the it's almost wrong in. to call this church a church as, it, as if it was all inclusive and to name that thing you do on Tuesday nights where you go through Pastor So-and-So's sermon as community. Right. You're actually kind of bastardizing it by calling that community because now people think you're teaching them that that's community. It's like teaching them that the church is a building. That's not right. I, I do believe, like, no matter what, we should not say, like, and we made fun of, uh, what was that pastor's name? I can't remember. C.J. Mahaney? Is that what it oh, was? Oh, yeah. Uh, the most the, important yeah. part of a Christian's like, life. If, if you're telling people that coming to church on Sunday is the most important part of a Christian's life, like, you just can't do that. And, and people are going to realize that more and more. Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm learning these things on my own. I'm, I'm actually, uh, there's five people that are, are saying different things about what this one topic is. And, and like my mind runs. Sometimes I hear uh, a sermon, I'm listening to it or whatever, and I just go, oh, wait, but what about this? What about this? What about this? And I start looking it up. And, you know, you know I mean, your questions that come out of a sermon or preaching should actually lead you to proactively go start looking those answers up and finding them out for yourself what you believe in. And the number one thing I think that's a knock against Christianity is people don't really know anything. What they know is apparently it's bad to drink too much. Apparently it's bad to have sex outside of marriage. Apparently it's bad to be gay. Apparently it's bad to cheat or lie. But sometimes we do those things, we just need to make sure we ask forgiveness. And if as long as you don't do those things, you're pretty in pretty good standing. And that's going to get less and less real and less and less where people are like, oh, yeah, that's my faith. Because yeah. when you're talking about the universe and the creator of all things and where I go for eternity and what I actually truly believe, if I have this one life, what I'm going to tell my daughter and son and other daughter, what I actually believe, should I actually know I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't teach them something I kind of knew about two plus two. I wouldn't kind of teach them the English language. Maybe I would, but I'm just saying. I mean, some of those things are just. I, I mean, you you say certain things and you you call it out for what it, what you actually believe, right or wrong. This is what I believe, and so I think that people are going to go more and more that way of. I'm just not going to take this guy's word for it. And if that's the case, why am I spending an hour or three? there every Sunday. And so that's where the church needs to change. They need to start waking up and going, wait a minute, we got to start doing something. The church needs to disintegrate, disintegrate though. Wouldn't you say? They won't. Well, there's too much money. Well, I mean, it'll eventually eventually happen when people don't want Walmart. You know, they would rather go to an independent tire shop than the one built into Costco. That's why we're saying is, well, we do this, we might as well do all these things. And I mean, there's business terms for all this stuff. I'm not knocking it and being hippie. I'm just saying we could literally serve people better if the facets of the church were independent, free to function. Because right now, you have something that's parachurch ministry. It's not looked at as valid. Like, oh, you can't get this there. You need to go to the actual something called a church. But in Revelation, those letters aren't written to a church in Philadelphia. It's written to the church in Philadelphia. That's, yeah, that's not, tons of And there's no borders between each one. They're not denominations. None of that stuff. It's just 
independent stuff. I mean, All it right, can so, disintegrate. So with this stuff that, that the three of us seem to agree on and see somewhat clearly, I'm going to throw a very trendy uh, Christian saying at you guys. And people say, if you're one step ahead, you're a leader. If you're two steps ahead, you're a martyr. Uh, and the only thing that I want to, the only point I want to make out of that is what, what good can we be when people are so far away from the truth? Like you heard Toby, Matt, you said it needs to disintegrate. Toby said, it's not. Well, Toby's right. It's not going to. But I'm right. So it is going to, but maybe, right, but not right now, not We're, for not right 100 now. or so, 200 years. So what is our, <laughs> so what, what is, what is our role? Like if we just start trying to, there are people listen, no, 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 listen, the, the what, I'm saying every is, week. what I'm saying is, first of all, I'll definitely push back on the notion of being one or two steps ahead. Guess who is way behind me? I'm just noticing stuff that other people already are and doing. So first of all, I ain't ahead of shit. I'm way behind. And you guys in the church and everything else is way more behind. That's it's how far behind can we possibly be? It's not ahead of anything. The church is not, not even close to being too far ahead of anything. You have to get I that, agree right? with you, but here here's I didn't say here, the church, I said us me, I'm yeah, just yeah. saying me, even me, I'm just like I'm way behind. I'm barely caught up on what's happening in the world. That's what I'm saying. So that's why it's not going to end. I mean, it's not going to end anytime soon. The machine is working. It's it's broken or it's 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 limping or whatever it might be. If Dave doesn't like church, if he's being honest, what do you think his kids are going to think about it? And you don't think that represents a million people that would never say that out loud to you? Okay, but here's let me just use a prime example right here or a real example. Your wife and you went to Mars Hill. That church collapsed in mm-hmm. terrible way. And what did you do? Did you stop going to church? Did you start your own small group? Did you look for all that stuff? Or did you just go to another church? Right. I go to another church. Okay, so okay. that's my point. It's just that easy. And regardless of what your daughter, Georgia, thinks, it's the easiest possible way to go and hear about the Lord. And everybody on earth, for this silly reason, is convinced they don't they need somebody else to tell them about God. Yes. So I, that, if that's you the majority. Be specific, I'm advocating for steps. What I'm saying is I advocate for Toby to go ahead and do his five rotational Sundays a month church. Uh. That will be that is a step one because he's gonna here's what he's gonna do is he'll be forced to let go of of total control in doing that because people are going to come. I mean, like, he will be sacrificing dollars and control and setting an example. And then p- other people will understand that, and other people will do that. They will. And then eventually, you'll then there'll be, uh, we already have the podcast with Chandler. Oh, that's great. Now we have Toby's place where we can get baptized when we need to do that. We, now, we, now we've got Joey goes around and just gives talks. This is great. Eventually, there'll be enough of that because the consumer is always right here like the consumers are listening to chandler that's why because it's there you can't stop them why would you yeah i agree with you but that i believe that's the minority that's the, the product majority the right now the majority right now just i mean church has worked going into a building and sitting there and we listening live in to the a guy. south too though I mean, I, well, I mean, I've been in Seattle. Look, I'm just too. telling I you mean, the behavior of the people is not ever. The only reason it works is because there's not an alternative. When there are alternatives, people will use them. They yeah, but will. the uh, no. But here's where I think you're missing the point. The alternative is the church is not going to catch up, and everybody's going to go, "Well, that's bullshit. <laughs> Forget it. I'll try to figure it out on my own. Maybe I'll spend a little bit of time, a few weeks. Uh, I mean, a few days a week, or a, a few hours, or a few minutes a week, figuring it out. But I'm not going to go waste my life." every Sunday for a couple of hours to hear this guy tell me about God. Well, I'm advocating and so the truth that is going to happen. What's going to happen first is 
everybody's going to leave. It's yes, not going to be this, going this awesome to. thing where everybody's going to be really creative and inventive. My the the idea I just told you guys probably won't catch on, and it's just going no, to the same thing's going to keep happening because there's also a lot of people, a lot of money, a lot of time and effort spent on that, and you can't just stop it right now. If you ended church, uh, America might go under because so many people would lose their jobs. <laughs> well, you're well, not going to end it. I mean, it's going to be seriously. natural. I'm not advocating for. It. Like outlawing, yeah, but I mean, or, it's the exact same thing as why, like, somebody like Stephen Furtick's church ends up luring a lot of young people that are way younger than us 10, 15, True. 20 years younger than us because his preaching style is about them and encouragement and it's broad and it's kind of loose and it's like you can do better and all that. that that's what's going to happen first. And, a, a, and I don't really think like Ruby could be lured that way. My daughter, who's five years old, 20 years from now, my or 15 years from now, or 10 years from now might be lured by that idea of right but which spirituality is which, which talk is worse to, to you from your point of view and I'm going to assume you represent many many other people that you're not uh. an actual crazy lone wolf will you be happier if what I am explaining and advocating for is mostly out there and Ruby had a, a when she's 19 has a balanced spiritual life that included all the four things that I mentioned or will you be happier and more uh, satisfied if she goes dad I saw this guy. His name is Furtick. I'm all in over there. Which would yeah, you prefer? The first one for okay, sure. The, but the second one. You're not awful. crazy. <laughs> you re- it just sounds awful. <laughs> but if it was Chandler, would that be a little it's, better? No, it sounds awful. It does experience. sound awful. Oh, I know. And so I, what I, all I'm saying is you represent millions. Not, not, not 300 million. Maybe you represent hundreds of thousands, I'd say. You represent hundreds of thousands of people when you say that. Not millions, but... That's that's a lot. I mean, just that's that's it. That's all there is. When you say millions, Christians or everybody? Well, there's 300 million people in America. Uh, 200 million of them. Pro- I'm making these up, but 200 million of them probably say there's some kind of Christian faith. Probably a million of them are like what you would consider active Christian or something. I mean, would y'all uh, rather your daughter or, or your daughters come and say, "Hey, Dad, um, I did a year long study and I don't believe in Jesus," or Dad? Uh, that Stephen Furtick guy's cool. I'm, I love God. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, your daughter comes to you and says, I did a year-long study. And I'm not sure. Would she say, I'm definitely sure I don't believe in God, or I'm not even she sure? She believes in God, but not Jesus. Well, I wouldn't want that. So yeah. you, would, you would choose Furtick. Yeah, I would choose well, Furtick I, over that. I, yeah. I, but I would choose. Yeah. If she was struggling in between and studying it on her own versus Furtick, I would choose the struggling. So her really working hard for one year and studying constantly about God, and she comes to that conclusion, and you would say, I, I just think that's, you might be right. I, I think I that's know. more, yeah, it's, it's more than intellectual ascent. There. If she was wrestling there, I would prefer her studying, caring. Here's what I stuff think, no matter I would, what. A, a I, I would, no matter what, my hope for my kids are that they say, Dad, I just want to learn about God. And that, that if Jesus is true, which I believe he is, I cannot escape that, then he will prove himself to my kids, and then, then all the studying and everything that they do will lead them to Jesus. And that should be so much better than they go, man, I found this really cool church in my college town. Man, the pastor's kind of young, and he just really brings it. That sounds <laughs> awful. That it's sounds going like to sound more that, and more awful. But that, that, all I'm that saying might is just be me going, personally, too. Well, again, you represent people. It's going to sound more and more It's the same thing she awful. said. I found this really cute guy, and he's all about the Lord. I would hate that, too. So. All right, so <laughs> so what what do you say about young kids that say, man, I found this really cool podcast with these three guys that love Jesus, and they cuss, 
And man, they're they're just awesome because they. Speak I'm gonna the never truth. let my kids listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, we got to move on. I got to get to some damn news. Yeah, let's here. do the news. Uh, okay, let's do the damn news. This is a long ass podcast where a lot of shit happened, and I need some damn truth. Joey, you need the truth. Look I'm, at I'm you. I'm gonna get your back. In a world. Where bastards make a shitload of money preaching the gospel. <laughs> I really thought you said bastards. I mean bastards. They're, they rhyme for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Toby Morrell. This is the damn, 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 damn news. You guys ready for it? You ready to get hit, hit right me. upside the hat, right upside the head with some truth? Give it. I am. All right. Let's do this. I thought this first one. This comes from AP. I thought this was kind of cool. Absolute. Punk. I thought these guys were uh, on this the, alternative press. These are cutting edge thieves. <laughs> Police in Western Germany, and those Germans are so smart. Joey, you overgeneralized. Took, how did Joey took germ, German language in high school, which is really interesting. Uh, you can just say Joey. Joey took German. You don't have to say German language. Well, well in it, high school. But the thing is, it's really weird. I've never heard of that before. Usually, it's always French or Spanish. Well, so. at our, I went to a really good school. Yeah, what's some German that you can speak? Sprechen ein bisschen Deutsch. What does that mean? Ich bin nicht dick. What does that mean? I said I speak a little bit German. I mean, I speak a little bit. Uh, I speak a little German, and I'm not fat. Ich bin nicht dick. Dick is fat. That was really boring. All right. Uh, police in Western Germany are looking for thieves who broke into a store selling alcohol and stole the caps off of 1,200 bottles of beer. On the wall, 1,200 bottles of beer. <laughs> Take one down. Pass it Presumably to collect points for a prize contest. Huh. Wow. Interesting. So they Matt, didn't take, I mean, they could have taken. Toby keeps looking at me at the end of every sentence <laughs> with a smile on his face. I'm like, waiting for you. I'm waiting for you just to try to annihilate me. But I, I see now that you're really on board with this news. I'm trying, baby. You're super excited I'm about trying. this news. I like it. I'll keep going. Yet they left the suds themselves untouched. Essen police said Tuesday that the thieves broke into the shop in Mülheim and Anderur overnight Sunday and stole the caps from the popular Koenig Pilsner. They kept those with points toward prizes like Bose speakers or Black & Decker cordless drill and left dozens of good luck try again caps on the ground and didn't drink a single beer. So I thought this was really interesting because, first of all, if you were going to take the time to break into a uh, liquor store, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't you just keep the beer or, you know, for a party or anything? I, I mean, I just can't believe it. Like, they they spent a ton of time taking off 1,200 bottle caps, and I just can't. I thought this was really interesting because they really did want to try and get win, like, Bose speakers <laughs> or a prize, but they must have hated beer. Well, no, I mean, it's really hard to carry a volume of beer, but if you can pull off, if one in a hundred, if one in a thousand wins wins a big prize, then you can get in there and get that and get out of there. You don't have to carry, I mean, you can't carry a thousand beers very easily, nor keep them. And if you uh, had the thousand beers, you still wouldn't know whether you won the bows or not until you opened them all. So it would take you a lot of partying to ever find out if you get a stereo. Yeah, but that so sounds, go so, get you a that sounds like a way stereo. funner. That sounds like a way funner way to do it. And here's the thing I don't understand is, the packs come a lot of times in at least twelve packs, but sometimes twenty four packs, and you could you could really rent a U haul van or, or or something like that, and really fill that I mean, thing completely up. Nice. 
But I mean, Matt, if you're going to take the time to steal from a liquor store, would you not steal the liquor? I would steal some. Would you not steal the beer? I would steal some, but, you know, I would, I mean, if you're interested in the prize caps, that's a, a really efficient way to do your crime there. Joey, have you ever stolen anything? I, I know that I get crap for this, but I can't remember. Like, I, I'm sure that I have. I just, it wasn't anything major to where I'm like, man, I can't believe I did that. Pastor in a bubble alert. Yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Been in a bubble since I was born. <laughs> Your parents came to you and said, hey, listen, you're in a bubble. We, you're going to be a pastor. <laughs> Buffett fans are scolded for leaving homemade toilets at show. Oh, boy. This comes from AP as well. They're scolded? Yeah. People are, people are pissed off. Because they left homemade toilets? No pun intended. Right. Hey, can you give the web address on this story and just let people check this out for themselves? It's the AP. Okay, just give them the Absolute web address. Absolute punk. <laughs> give them the web address and let's move on. <laughs> Parrot heads are apparently too busy wasting away in Margaritaville to wait in line for the bathroom. Mansfield police tell the Sun Chronicle that despite warnings against the practice, many fans at the Jimmy Buffett concert Saturday at the Xfinity Center brought homemade portable toilets for the party in the parking lot. Lieutenant Sam Thompson says the most common model is a five-gallon bucket with its rim lined with a foam pool noodle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. For a seat and stashed inside a tent. Thompson estimates that 75 to 100 people were instructed to take down makeshift outhouses, but officers found seven to ten left behind after the show, which really isn't that many. Chief Ronald Sellen says it's unsanitary and just disrespectful. But I think that's kind of inventive. I mean, that's seriously, those, have you ever been into a porta potty after a, a yep. thousand, few thousand people Absolutely. been in there? It's terrible. Like when Emory played for uh, Warp Tour, at the end of the night, I'd have to go to the bathroom, and I promise it's some the of the worst. toilets were filled with a, oh, mount, a mountain oh of piss and shit <laughs> coming out of the top. So you couldn't use that? No, one. you couldn't use it. You had to go to another oh, one. Oh, man. I mean, a mountain of piss and shit. Ah. Uh. Think about the last person that did that, and they could feel it piling up against their butthole as they were pooping. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> You're right. I didn't even think about that. They're like, oh, I, I mean, filled it up. If it was over the thing, somebody had to. They're like, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's just laying on I the I never pile. thought about that. The last person to poop in that thing was like, I don't care. I have to. <laughs> I Ugh. feel it. Well, let's let, the, let's let the market help sort this one out. Now, you tell me. You are at a concert. Right and cold you, play. You have to take a massive dump. So you ha- you have two Which cho- I always two do. choices here. There is a really nice, well kept, adequate porta potty very close to where your tent is because the concert promoter has provided it. Right. Do you use that toilet or do you figure out a way to go spend money to get and then carry and then put together? With your own technology and money, a portable toilet and keep it in your tent. Or do you use that clean, nice porta potty that the concert promoter that's adequate that the concert promoter has provided? Which would you choose? You would choose the clean one, clearly. So yes. that means that there yeah. weren't enough good things. So it's on the concert promoter and the, the, I love the venue to not have provided good enough toilets. That's the only I reason. I love a private do. toilet no matter what. No matter what, I hate it. We're on the road a ton and I hate. I promise you, truckers are so disgusting, and they're always going <sighs> in the t- in the stall beside you. I promise. You, 
They're always doing that. To this day, it still blows my mind that you caked our personal toilet in our apartment with toilet paper when you used it. I do I not want to share. I was the only one to use that toilet. I do not like, want my cheeks Joey's to touch butt your cheeks. It's so disgusting. I've got to lay toilet also, paper. Also, what if the front, <laughs> what if my front touched where your front touched? <laughs> That's disgusting. And you are disgusting. <laughs> All right, I got one more news story for you. We got one time for one more, my friends. Nope, that's the, <laughs> the today's podcast. DC okay, Club. Let's get this one out of the way real quick. Do we have some names to read, Joey? And then yeah, yeah we, the have, we have right. a lot another, of them. Another thing All right, well, that was the damn news. You we have SOBs. a lot of them. Yeah, let's lot go lot ahead and read we those. We got to move. Sorry, guys. All right, screw y'all. The news was awesome. It will come back. There will be another I, episode. I, I want to apologize to all the, the fans later. that were all the fans that were just. Praying for another news. You can story. read it on the next episode. All I right, we got it. Eric. I'm gonna I'm gonna kill this thing. We got Eric Williamson, Ryan Pate, Matthew Reiner, Chris Branscom, Brian Kirks, Jeff Schoff, Jordan Clark, Marcus Beam, Brian Nass, Anthony Brandy, Eric Williams, John Holtzman, Natalie Rodriguez, Kyle Ruana, Sean Summers, Michael Bell, Anthony Savage, Seth Dent, a little bit more, Dylan Nowak. Tim Novinger, Tim Gonzalez, Heidi Overton, Matthew Walker, Ariana Rathborn, John Tolston, Luke Barnett, and Andrew Green. Good job. Thank you for being in the BC Club. You guys are having the time of your lives on our BC Club Facebook. I love the conversations. It's just, uh, I mean, seriously, people are using this as like, hey, I need help, you know, suggestions for this. Hey, what what I do? And people are so kind. You know, you got some assholes just like you do in any group. But you are excited right now. Sometimes I'm an asshole. Sometimes I'm an asshole, but people still love me. Uh, But, hey, this is really cool. Listen to this. There's a big gathering. Why are you pointing at me? There's a big gathering happening outside of me, you, and Matt. That's true. Initiated on their own in Atlanta. A bunch of people are going to get together and just talk about Yep, there you go. They're doing it, baby. So uh, Non-proprietary. It, just, Y'all do no, your own thing. This is no good to give you the information right now because it will already be in the past. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> check, check out. Try, try to get with those guys in Atlanta. Right on. Also, I want to tell everybody to make sure you go to see one of the Vocal Few's living room dates that they're doing. Uh, go to vocalfew.com and you can see Toby and I love doing living room shows. Yep. The BC Pod is a living room thing. And Matt McDonald from The Classic Crime and his wife, Christy, have a band called Vocal Few. It's amazing. And their whole band yep. is set up. They're playing for, at my house. They're playing at Toby's house. So if you're going to go to the chart, go to vocalfew.com and get a ticket for That's you'll be, be at Toby's house. It's going to be great. <laughs> they're doing the whole country. They're doing like... It's going to be so fun. I'm excited. They got their kids and everything. Everybody knows that's going to be the biggest crowded house right now because everybody's like, you get to go to the dude's house. Yeah, I know. That would be really cool. (laughs) Hey, uh, hey, real quick, um, I'm going to – wait a second. It's not on here. Um, McDonald said the the lineup is on this website, but maybe it's not. He gave me the link. But we should talk about it. It's at not some yet, point. but we can. He sent an email about it. So, yeah, Matt could work that into an intro, though. I'm sure. Okay. He just said we can say something about the lineup, Volume Two, Electric Summer, featuring electronic songs. You may read that real quick. Just yeah, maybe. Just not Spe- speaking of Matt McDonald, uh, Bad Christian. Uh, speaking of Matt McDonald, BC Music has the next lineup, Volume Two, coming out, We've Electric Summer. 
and it's featuring electric songs from lesser-known artists, which you need to know about, you need to hear about, as well as remixes from current BC music label bands. It's a reflective look at the summer as the summer comes to a close. And if you haven't picked up the lineup volume one, which is our indie rock uh, folk compilation for free, you can get that for free, my Damn! friends. Or pay what yeah. you want. We'd love, we'd love if you pay what you want. And we hope what you want is a lot. Go check that out right now at badchristianmusic.bandcamp.com. Again, the lineup, Volume 2, Electric Summer, is coming in the next few weeks, so stay tuned for details. Okay, and we got to get out of here, but real quickly, um, I just wanted to say Joey's birthday was this past weekend. And I just want to say happy birthday, and if anybody wants to get him something like his favorite food, the only problem is Joey's favorite food in the world, if you want to send it to him, are seconds and thirds. <laughs> <laughs> 